What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? The start of Major League Soccer MLS action kicks off the 2024 season. Last Wednesday, uh, lots to discuss as far as the defending champion, Columbus Crew. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Also, teams that are slept on, the gamblers and who are they hedging their bet. But it all kicked off in Broward County uh, last Wednesday when Inter Miami versus Real Salt Lake. Uh, they took the field that started off. And it, you know, here's the thing. Let me let's backtrack a couple of things. Number one, uh, T-Mobile, the big cell phone carrier, decided not to play MLS games for 2024. That kind of irate the uh, MLS fan who subscribed to a lot of these games through the T-Mobile service, they said, nope, we're, we're good on that. We're going to bump it up. We're going to keep the baseball, but we're going to say no to MLS soccer. And we're looking at for the second season in a row where MLS is being provided and carried on the Apple TV Plus platform. So if anybody who wasn't or has not been watching soccer, all the games are dedicated to the app, uh, the Apple TV app, to watch MLS coverage of games. You can't watch it on your regular TV. You can't watch it uh, through, like, let's say, a streaming service like like Hulu or or, or, or YouTube TV. Everything's through the subscription based Apple TV uh, platform, and that's the only way you can pretty much get these type of games for the MLS season for the second season in a row. And then it kicked off where they did not want to show the free games. They say you're gonna have to have a subscription to watch the uh, open the night because obviously uh, the big draw, uh, one of the best, if not the best, soccer player ever in football, Lionel Messi, starts from scratch with Inter Miami. They did win two nothing over Real Salt Lake in a game where you saw Real Salt Lake had nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing when it came to time of possession. Inter Miami dominated the game. Uh, you saw celebrity. I mean, I mean, not that I necessarily care, but they trying to. It does draw attention of from not just casual fans, but also the people who are popular, the, the celebrities like your Will Smiths, the Dwayne Rock Johnsons, who were actually at the game. Uh, but yeah, when it came to uh, Real Salt Lake, they 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 just got outplayed, out uh, now outplayed. Out time of possession, it just and they got a they got a nice team this year as far as Miami. They definitely do. Uh, so two nothing win by Miami to set it off, and they actually had another game against the Galaxy, LA Galaxy, uh, on uh, Sunday. But uh, this was a a very good uh, dominant game by Miami on their home field for their fans. Uh, they got the goals by Robert Taylor. In around the 39th minute before halftime, and then also Diego Gomez uh, later in the game to seal the deal uh, to win two nothing. So it was just a a, a a strong start to where everybody believes Inter Miami or the gamblers believe Inter Miami is the favorite to win the 2024 MLS Cup. But there's going to be a lot of bumps in the roads with the Concaf, uh, the tournaments. Uh, you have. FIFA, you have a lot of different things uh, this season when it comes to MLS with, with the Miami squad in particular. That you know, if they're going to be available to compete, I not, I'm not exactly sure if that's the case, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, 55 56 percent on the uh, top of the time of the possession for Miami 
was pretty pretty much all dominant, man. I mean that that's what it really came down to, man. Because Miami does have a very good squad. I mean their top four line is probably the best in the sport, but it, it definitely trickles off, uh, you know, down to the defense. But uh, you talking about Lionel Messi, uh, Luis Suarez from Brazil. You talking about Robert Taylor? Now, this is this is a very solid lineup, and like I said, uh, Diego Gomez, who got the second goal of the game, and, and, and paired up with Luke Julian Gressel. This is a very, very tough squad, uh, very balanced squad, and they were making headways last year. They just ran out of gas because they got off to the bad start until Messi got to the team, and then, then from that point, they ran on a roll, but it was too late to make the playoffs, but they're going to start from, from day one, from scratch, and, you know, that's how they're going to attack it, man. You know, they're going to play a, a format where they believe on the extra defenseman before Drake Callender and, and goalie. They're going to have uh, Yeldon, uh, Kritzoff. They're going to have somebody like Jordy Alba, you know, defensively because they have enough strikers. They have enough offense so they can run three, two lines of three forwards and really could carry a lot of that weight. And then on the, also the Real Salt Lake side of things, you know, it, it, they're more balanced or they're more trying to get back into the flow of things in the Western Conference with Carlos Gomez, and Diego Luna, uh, Palacio, Nelson Palacio. So these guys have got to uh, really carry their weight and they did not get off to a strong start in game number one or match game number one. And then you saw the defender champs, the Columbus crew, take the field versus the Atlanta United. Uh, we did the episode after they won the MLS Cup over the LAFC squad after beating uh, FC Cincinnati in the Hell is Real Battle of Ohio in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Juan Hernandez, uh, in the 27th minute, got the goal, and that was all they needed to beat Atlanta. Uh, very good team. A lot of people have them coming out of the East again, uh, the Columbus squad. And I think they took a lot out of FC Cincinnati the way they went, especially that game in Cincinnati. Uh, to to take the rip their hearts off, to rip out the hearts of the FC Cincinnati fan, and and I know FC Cincinnati played Toronto uh, later on in the weekend, but from the Columbus perspective, they got off to the good start at Lord.com Field. They did a good job, uh, go, very against a very good Atlanta United team that is going to probably make some noise in the Eastern Conference this year for sure. And with Hernandez, their main gun, getting that goal. He added Diego Rossi and then, of course, Aiden Morris and Mohamed Farsi. Uh, these guys, they got a good bunch of guys to uh, really get through the Eastern Conference in 2024. Patrick Schulte in the net uh, as a goaltender. So they are going to be in good shape uh, pretty much, I say, in the rest of the Eastern Conference. I think there's going to be some competition. I think Atlanta is going to be one of them for sure because when you look at Diego Almada, who's back on the squad. You got uh, they lost the guys over the years to the transfer, uh, the transfer with uh, with Europe, but uh, you still have Guzan and that, who's a very solid, a veteran goaltender. Caleb Wiley and Brooks Lennon, uh, Xander Silva, but uh, I mean Columbus is just Columbus. Uh, I think a team like uh, them, uh, when it comes to Columbus. Uh, they have a, a great chance to a repeat in in a year where last year they were they were good enough and it had a, a fighter's chance, but things went the right way, especially late 
uh, last year, and they're going to carry that momentum into uh, 2024. Absolutely, without a doubt, man. I mean, they got the horsepower. They got the guys to get it done. They also have the defensemen as well to really sustain and, and go up against guys who could strike very well, Columbus. So, uh, yeah, the midfielders and the defensemen are very good on this team, and they have a nice formula, and they play a very uh, we'll-let-you-make-the-mistake type of football and they're going to come back in year number two or back, you know, defending their, their cup and see how this goes for uh, the 2024 campaign and the Columbus crew. Yeah, they took the field, the LAFC. Uh, once again, they beat the Seattle Sounders in the game without Carlos Vela, man. That's a very impressive uh, win on their home field in front of a packed crowd. Uh, he's their leading scorer, but he didn't even play, you know. And they got contributions from Bogus and um. Right after halftime, and right at halftime, Timothy Tillman uh, gets there for his goal. So they were up to nothing. Added a penalty kick later in the game by De La Vega. Uh, uh, well, De La Vega added the penalty kick uh, to uh, cut the lead, but there was little too, uh, too little too late. But uh, yeah, LAFC, I believe, is going to come out of the West again. They they did it last year when they went to Houston. They went through Seattle. Um, I think Portland's going to be in the mix as well. Seattle definitely is going to be in the mix. But Seattle's having a tough time getting running to this LAFC team the last couple of seasons, man. I don't know if it's uh, mental or psychological at this point. But LFC, LAFC has a very good team. And they have done a good job. If guys leave, they find guys to fill in and, and fill in the guys beautifully. Like, so with their squad... You know, with, like with Christian Oliveira or Carlos Vera, who do you even play? Like I said, Dennis Buanga, uh, Timothy Tillman, who's a, on a second forward pretty much on, on, on the lead. I mean, they have a nice balance between forwards and defensemen ahead of uh, Lourdes, the uh, the goaltender for LAFC. I expect them. I, it'll be hard because when I look at it from last year to this year, I mean, the best team in the West last year was the team that had the inaugural season was the St. Louis City team. Um, and, and the West was weak all in general last year. I mean, you could make a case for the Houston Dynamo if you want. I was just talking about Real Salt Lake. They're not strong. Uh, Austin took a step back. Austin, Austin Football Club took a step back. Uh, I don't know, you know, all the problems with LA Galaxy, one of the the, the, the founder teams in this league. Uh, uh, just this just LAFC is kind of taking over LA when it comes to soccer, you know. So. Uh, Jesus Morello and Dennis Boanga, Christian Oliveira, and uh, Timothy Tillman, and then if you add in the Carlos Vela, I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of guys to really stop, man. It really is. So uh, LAFC uh, off to a good start uh, on a one and zero in match play versus uh, the Seattle team, man. I mean, I mean they just got to find a way to get past LAFC. They really do, man. Uh, Jordan Morris and, and um, Obed Vargas for Seattle. They they have got to find a way to uh, get past this team in the regular season. They just have got to do that, man. Now, I definitely got a chance to check out um, the only goal that happened in the Charlotte uh, game. Charlotte game versus NYCFC. Uh, Charlotte uh, getting a one nothing win over NYCFC. Uh, right early in the early on in the game, uh, Malanda, uh, or for the uh, Charlotte team, got the goal in the eighth minute, and that's all they really needed to uh, propel for a win at uh, Bank of America Stadium. Uh, 
all in Charlotte, North Carolina, over in the NYCFC. So yeah, it was a good win for Charlotte. Uh, just all for one. I mean, they didn't. Really, I mean, the, the thing about this was, you know, that goal they got outplayed by NYC throughout the entire game. They definitely did get outplayed because it felt like NYC was knocking on the door, knocking on the door with opportunities after the substitutes and bringing guys into the game. But NYCFC, uh, who felt like they had the ball the entire game, you know, versus Charlotte, but was not able to score the goal to tie the game, uh, set up a penalty kick situation. But when it comes to NYCFC, you know, it's just about uh, Hannes Wolf and Santiago Rodriguez and Julian Fernandez. These guys got to uh, really step up. And get take a lot of the boatload of the score and that really got them the MLS Cup a few years ago. Uh, they should, uh, they should. I believe when it comes to MLS uh, to the Charlotte team, they have got to um, find a way to sustain more scoring opportunities. They did get a the header in. They definitely did, and it worked in their favor. But. Uh, you know, this is probably going to be a long season for them, to be quite honest with you. Because it, I think the East is so better, or more, there's more power in the East. It's going to make it harder for these particular two teams to really keep track with the rest of the, 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 the field. I really do. Because when you're talking about, okay, let's say look at Orlando City for, for a second. You know, people think they're going to take a step back after how strong of the second half that they did. They didn't, they ended up in a, in a draw with, with Montreal, with CF Montreal. Uh, the United, DC United, I think is a, is going to be a good, uh, a pretty good competitive team on uh, Audi Stadium in DC. Uh, what What is going to happen? Uh, I'm not exactly sure with, um, uh, outside of the two Ohio teams, I'm not putting a lot of stock in Chicago. Orlando is up in the air. Oh yeah, Inter Miami and then Atlanta. I mean, those are you know those are competitive in the Philadelphia Union. Absolutely, these are that's a lot to overcome in the East right there. And I didn't see the Philadelphia Union game versus the Chicago Fire. They, they ended up with a two-two tie. Uh, so I didn't see that game. I did um, you know with the DC United. Uh, they won their game over the Revolution, the New England Revolution. Uh, they pretty much got scoring throughout the game. Every 30 minutes, there was a goal. Uh, Patinki got his goal. Uh, and then, of course, uh, after the revolution tied it at the halftime by Carl's Gill, uh, Patinki got another goal at the 72nd minute. And then also they added a, a third goal toward extra time when he got the hat trick. So he pretty much was responsible for all the scoring against the uh, D.C. Revolution. The Minnesota United went on the road to Austin and beat Austin. Uh, I got to watch a little bit more Minnesota United games. I started to watch a little bit of their games last summer. Uh, I wanted to see more of what they're going to do. It's almost like a team that's forgotten in the league. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think they have an okay team. I don't know about, you know, as far as the rest of the MLS it's still going to be a lot of um, guys they got to overcome, man. I really do. Like, when I look at Minnesota, uh, Timo Puki and then also Robin Lodd and Will Trapp, uh, Hassani Dotson, those guys come to mind. I don't know if they're going to be powerful enough 
against the Portlands, the Seattles, the LAFCs, maybe even uh, even the Galaxy if you want to throw them in there, or Vancouver Whitecaps, either any of those teams. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to see when those when that times come. And the crazy thing about Austin, because I was really big on them two years ago when they really had a strong season and they really took a step back. Man, they had a lot of changes to their lineup. Uh, so you know, I thought they would have at least had a chance to go power, uh, go up against LAFC like they did two seasons ago. But Austin, uh, Austin, uh, yeah, they they're gonna have to have some work to do, man. And, you know, you know those three teams in Texas. Uh, FC Dallas and of course the the Houston Houston Dynamo and Austin and they're going to see a lot of those rivalry games in that track in that Texas Triangle so we'll see how they do. Yeah, and speaking of the FC Dallas and they did get the two one win over the Quakes and um, very good win by the way. Um, I would say they were very uh, petty with the fouls with on the uh, San Jose side of things. I do think. Uh, San Jose is going to be okay. Uh, they showed a little bit of flash last year when they were competing as well. But when it comes to FC Dallas, um, I'm not going to jump the gun and say they're going to be ready to compete in the West. I, I got to still see more. The reason why I say that is uh, with FC Dallas, uh, they're really going to load up with forwards to play more of a defensive type of game. Uh don't really have the strikers like, let's say, into Miami or, you know, like I was saying with Columbus, with Hernandez, Juan Hernandez, Bernard Camungo and uh, Logan Farragut, and then Dante Sealy. Uh, they're just going to play more defensive-minded football. And then also, when they have a ball on offense, they're going to have more pressure to keep it into the all. Other teams' offensive zone or their offensive zone and defensive zone for the opponents. So they're going to, uh, you know, play a style that's going to load up and have more backing on the defense. I, I think that's going to be, I think that could work for them. I definitely think that could work for them. As far as the Quakes, I got to watch a little bit more on them as far as uh, their squad. Because I did watch, like, like last year when I was watching them versus like Vancouver Whitecaps and. You know, okay team to watch. Um, fans were okay with it. You know, uh, the San Jose team, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that's going to go. How Dallas is going to navigate in the Western Conference? Like, I think they might be past Austin at this point. Austin really took a step back, and the Houston Dynamo was a very good team last year in the West, who had a chance to go to the MLS Cup if it wasn't for the LAFC squad. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to keep. Keep more tabs with the Western Conference. Uh, I saw L- uh, Houston tie Kansas City. Didn't see the game. Can't really speak on that particular. And then the other game where Real Salt Lake got the tie, uh, their second game of the year when they played uh, at St. Louis City. The, the, the inaugural season last year for St. Louis City, and they actually had the best record. They tailed off, though. But uh, St. Louis City getting the draw versus uh, Real Salt Lake. Colorado's in trouble this year. Of course, the Portland Timbers do what Portland Timbers do. I mean, they have a good team. They definitely do. Uh, you know, so we'll see how you know. This is a whole log jam out there with Seattle and Portland. You're going to bang out with with, with with the Vancouver team, and whenever LAFC comes up there, or they go down to LAFC. So Portland, you know, they they just have a lot a lot going on, man. 
Uh, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they just, just threw it on them early on in the game. Goals like every five, six minutes it seemed right in the first half with Williamson and Anthony with the back-to-back goals. Pretty much make it 3 nothing. Uh, the You know, they attacked on a couple of extra minutes uh, at the end of the half. And, you know, Vines getting the goal, they were up 4 nothing, man. Colorado has got nothing, man. I'm not even going to bother watching them this season. I'm just going to you know, keep tabs, you know, and keep watching as far as, uh, you know, Portland's going to get the lead and they're going to sit back and play defense, play defense, play defense. Uh, but with the match, a uh, good win by the Portland Timbers. They have a, a fun, loud, ruckus uh, home crowd. Uh, a team that's always been, has over the last several years has been in the uh, the spotlight, and they're trying to make their way back into that as well. So we're going to see when it comes to the LAFC, well, not LAFC, but uh, Portland, uh, where they go in twenty twenty four, and then uh, over the week and over that Sunday from yesterday, uh, the Cincinnati Toronto game. I was watching a little bit of that. Uh, Inter Miami went out to the West Coast versus the Galaxy. Uh, watched you know some of that as well. I am, um, you know, just taking it bit by bit with the with the soccer, right? Uh, year number two for the uh, Apple Plus people watching it. The casual fan has really, if they got an account, they can't watch the free games. They just can't watch every game. But uh, the fans, uh, it's almost like catered to the diehard fan of soccer or MLS soccer. Uh, but it's going to up it because of the Messi situation. The factor, the casual fan who knows who Messi is, they know he played all those years in uh, in Europe, and then also with his team, his country for Argentina uh, in the World Cup. So they would like see this. They would like to see more of him, kind of almost like that David Beckham situation back in 06, 07 when he came to the LA Galaxy, right? So the soccer fan. It's kind of almost like dying to really make a product more better. It's like the MLS. The MLS to me is probably like the fifth, fourth, fifth, fourth, fourth, fifth best league in the world. Uh, you know, of course, we all know about the Premier League. That's you know the the head honchos, and there's all these uh, uh, intermediate intermediate leagues as well throughout the world. You know, you know Asia, South America, and also throughout Europe as well, and other parts of Europe. But MLS, uh, they've created the brand, and it and it's almost like the conversation we had with sports, other sports leagues, the streaming part, and you're seeing the NFL do it with Prime Video. You've seen it with MLS with the Apple Plus. You're going to see it in other sports. You really are, and and the sport definitely needs it, right? The sport needs or well, all sports. No matter what league with sport needed rivalry. That's why it made it really good last year with those Ohio teams battling out when they're both very good at their their peaking or at close to their peak. Especially interstate rivalry as in the hell the hell is real battle between FCC Cincinnati and um and uh, Columbus crew. Or even if you could get in the Texas thing, you know, if you could create more of a rivalry, Houston. FC Dallas, Austin, the more fans where they could go to the other opposing stadiums on the road, the better for the sport, right? Uh, even out in in the West, you had the Battle of LA. Even even if 
you know, New York, New Jersey with the Red Bulls and NYCFC, or if he could try to get something with the Philadelphia Union, you know, um, the Battle of Florida, you know, Orlando, you know, I mean, Orlando, people I think are kind of sleeping on them, uh, that battle with Miami, because it's a lot of soccer driven fans in Florida. So you could definitely push that rivalry more, especially with that messy factor. You got, listen, let me tell you something like the way I travel, right? I know people living in different countries paying attention to this. So that's why I'm kind of more vocal about this here on the bleed blue show. It should be talked about. I believe I like going to soccer matches. I've been to several over the last seven, eight years, right? Um, uh, try to go more as a, it kind of like, I treat it like college football. I, I, I like going and being, don't have a horse in the race. I don't have my, my fan sweat, you know, die, you know, I would call it die hard, but you know, I don't have, uh, a horse in the race basically. So I can watch it objectively like college football. Right. So, and I think the soccer is only going to get better when you get better rivalries. Um, you know, you know, Columbus, DC United, Orlando, you know, I don't know. See, I don't know. See, the South is kind of different, Charlotte and in Atlanta, because a lot of the people in these places outside of the North, let's put this like this, outside of the Northeast, most people have moved around and, and it's like they didn't watch a lot of soccer growing up in the States. So it's kind of still new to them, right? So if you are, like, I brought this up before in past episodes. I said, like, let's say if you're from Chicago and you move down to Texas, that's a very common tr- trend over the last 20 years. You may have been watching the Bears and you've been watching the Cubs and the Bulls and or the Blackhawks. You never really invested in the soccer, even though Chicago Fire, when, when MLS started in the 90s, they had a nice early run early in their earlier years. They've not been as successful, right? So you may, okay, so you, as a child, you move, or as a child, you didn't pay attention to MLS. You just didn't. I mean, if you did, you were very casual, not to the point you became a, a big-ass fan. Now you move, let's say, to a place like Austin, you know? Maybe you go there for college. Uh, a lot of college kids are invested with the soccer product because, listen, it's raucous crowds. It's almost like college football. The tickets are not as expensive like other sports. And and it's, and it's almost a new feeling because for the transfer resident, it works. It really does. Like if you if you move to Florida, you can latch on to Orlando or Miami. Or the same with those three Texas teams. Uh, the new St. Louis teams. Another, you know, people go to school out there. You know, the St. Louis University or Washington University. It's in a nice part of St. Louis, right in the middle of the city. Uh, very residential with bars, and it's a very hip scene, and it fits right into the culture of the city. It's just easy to gravitate to, even if you're not even, you know, big time fan like that. Uh, you you could definitely grab on. L.A. is just a big market. You could, so many people that live in Los Angeles that it made sense adding another team. So. For those reasons alone, and um, you know, I don't know about Canada with Toronto and Montreal because it gets you know it's cold, <laughs> it's cold in um February. You know that it's probably better when it's it's a little bit warmer. But as far as America, you know, it's growing a little bit. It definitely is. And then if you get 
attention from the sport because of the celebrities. They could push it. They put their face on it. Well, well, if, if this guy or gal is going to the games, I think I may want to go buy me a, 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 a you know, a Ronto jersey or Hernandez jersey or a Messi jersey. You know what I'm saying? So, little by little. And then also you added the fact that you have to go literally go find it. They're not going to just dump it on network TV. You have nothing to do with your life for that particular day. You have to go really searching for it. And a lot of people are team iPhone or team Apple, and it makes it easy for them. So for those who are not that, but are for the soccer and, you know, with the streaming, you're going to have to, you know, reinvest for that, man. You really are. But that is the MLS, man, right there for the uh, Bleed Blue show uh, for the soccer edition. Uh, MLS on the Blues Day recap, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Going to be picking up more MLS talk. It should be discussed. You could go to your individual soccer podcast platforms and, and get really details for your particular team. On the Bleed Blue Show, we'll just cover the entire sport in general and react to how the games were, how exciting it was. Uh, so, yeah, man, pay attention and get involved, man. Sangre Soul, ladies and gentlemen, Bleed Blue. <laughs>